This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. It seems like when you are considered an expert that your forecasting of events can run off track more often than not. More than a decade ago, University of Penn professor Philip Tetlock looked at some of these failures in history in a book titled Expert Political Judgment. How good is it and how can we know? Now he's bringing out a new version of the book of the same title. You may also remember Professor Tetlock for his work uh, with his co-author and uh, family member, Barbara Mellers, on the book Super Forecasting from a couple of years back. And it's great to have Professor Tetlock back with us on the show. Philip, great to have you with us today. Thank you for your time. Oh, thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Uh, I guess the, let's start with the idea to, to, bring, uh, to bring the book back. Well, um Princeton University Press was, was, was pretty happy with how, how well the book did it in the first place. And then there was the super forecasting project that was sponsored by the U.S. intelligence community. Uh, and that put the old research results from expert political judgment in a new light. Uh, the super forecasting data suggested that it's possible to, um, to spot talent and cultivate talent um, in ways that the um, previous work hadn't discovered. So new discoveries new book. Well, uh, take us back, though, to the first book. And, and obviously, when you were doing that, you, you talk about a variety of different uh, topics and, and issues, uh, the war in Iraq, uh, obviously, the, the political climate at that point between uh, Gore and Bush. Uh, there were a variety of, uh, of, uh, of pieces, touch points, that really were examples of this, correct? Well, the, the major focus of expert political judgment, the, ma- the major um, finding in, in expert political judgment was that political experts um, are pretty seriously overconfident. They, they think they know a lot of things that they don't really know. That when on average, when, on average when, they, when they're 90% confident that something's going to happen, those things have, don't happen 90% of the time. They happen more like 70% of the time. And, the, and, and when you brought that book out before, uh, in reading some of the articles about it, uh, it received it received quite a bit more attention, I think, than, than you had originally expected. Correct? That's true. I mean, expert political judgment um, it was published by a university press, whereas the super forecasting book is, is a is a popular press book. And uh, it, it was surprising that that, that uh, 10, 12 years later, um, the extra political judgment was being uh, cited in the middle of the debate over Brexit. But even though we're, you know, a, a decade, a little bit more than a decade later, a, a lot of the, the, the same theories about experts and, and their mindset and their predictability of, of events, uh, a lot of that is still the same, correct? It sure is. What What is it that, that really... Uh, when you think about doing this book and and bringing it back forth, what were the the, the key touch points? Because obviously, if, if you're talking about now, we're coming off an election cycle, which obviously was was very uh, it was something that drew unbelievable amounts of attention, and it really drew attention about experts trying to predict who was going to win the political election. That's right. I mean, the 2016 election, uh, political experts didn't do very well. Uh, the very best political experts were probably around assigning about a probability of 70 percent to Hillary Clinton victory. Uh, the most overconfident were probably were signing probabilities uh, toward 95 or 98 percent. 
is there is there truly such a thing in your mind as as expert political judgment, especially when there are there are so many X factors out there in many cases that you can't account for? Well, there is. Uh, political experts are really good at doing certain things. Uh, they, they, they're very good at posing insightful questions, imagining possible futures, um, sketching options. Uh, but they're not very good at forecasting. Uh, and they often act as if they are. And that um, creates misleading impressions. Why, I mean, is it just the attractiveness of, uh, of doing forecasting that seemingly is why it happens now? And, and obviously we're in a, in a media age where that, that seemingly has to be a key component uh, of drawing ratings at these times. Yes, the media uh, do push the process. If, if you're an expert and you want to get a lot of media attention, uh, the right strategy is not to be diffident. The right strategy is to be strident, uh, to claim to know more than you do. Uh, if, if, if you're a, a, running, a, running a show, or you're running a show, uh, you've got a choice between two experts, and one, one of them is going to tell you a story about um, uh, why he believes there's going to be a fundamentalist coup in Saudi Arabia mm -hmm. in the next uh, couple of years. And the other and said, makes the claim with great confidence, and the other expert says, well, on the one hand, uh, there are these sources of instability in Saudi Arabia. On the other hand, uh, there are really powerful equilibrium forces as well at work. Uh, at, at work. So you, you, you probably uh, it's, it's, it's very, very unclear there's going to be any major change. The, the best bet is probably continuation of the status quo, low probability change. Who are you going to pick? You're going to pick the guy who's telling you about the fundamentalist coup or the, uh, the, the, the much more nuanced and intricately complex account. Um, I think the question more or less answers itself. We're talking with uh, University of Penn professor Philip Tetlock, uh, author of the book Expert Political Judgment. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON. 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. To give people listening to us a, a little bit more background, some of this uh, this research and understanding about uh, prediction and forecasting came from uh, uh, some tournaments that were done years ago, uh, which you were involved with as well, about prediction and, and understanding it a bit better, correct? That's true. I mean, it's hard for me to talk about this without revealing how old I am, but the very first <laughs> forecasting tournaments that we ran go all the way back to the mid-1980s, uh, when, when the Soviet Union existed. When uh, Actually, the very first work we did, Mikhail Gorbachev wasn't even general secretary of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union. Um, but by the time we fin finished um, uh, that, that, that set of tournaments, he was, um, he, was, he was no longer the general party secretary, and he was... Um, he was uh, balancing the household budget by uh, doing commercials for Pizza Hut. There has to be a factor of, uh, of and I'm sure a lot of quote-unquote experts, when they think they have something absolutely nailed in terms of, of a prediction on, on, on whatever it might be, the, the percentage of, uh, of those predictions that end up coming out right, how often do those predictions end up coming out right? Well, we, we don't measure predictions as yes or no. We okay. measure predictions along a probability scale. Okay. So it's being right or wrong is a matter of degree. So if you're better at assigning higher probabilities to things that happen and lower probabilities to things that don't happen, you're going to get a better accuracy score. Uh, if you're really seriously overconfident and you sometimes say 90% and things don't happen uh, or 10% and things do happen, you're going to get a terrible accuracy score. 
844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. One of the things you bring up actually in the in the in the preface of your book uh, that I wanted to to, to bring on uh, is uh, you say beware of sweeping generalizations. Uh, and obviously that can that can get a lot of people in trouble. Uh, but take us deeper in, into how that plays. Well, uh, this this ties back to the the preference the media have for a certain type of pundit, uh, pun, pun, pundits who project a lot of confidence that they that they know how how wonderful or, or disastrous the Trump presidency is going to be. They know what's going to happen with Brexit, how how good or bad it's going to be. Uh, the pundits who project a lot of confidence and can construct a really powerful narrative behind that and, and uh, that, that drives that uh, that argument, uh, th- those are the people the, the media flock to. And it turns out that those people, uh, on average, are not nearly as good forecasters as the more more intellectually honest, boring pundits who go on the one hand, on the other hand. Harry Truman famously said he wanted a one-armed economist. Uh, well, most people in the media want one-armed economists too, or one-armed one-armed pundits. That the one on the one hand, on the other hand, doesn't go over very well in the in the modern media world. We are joined by uh, Phil, uh, Philip Tetlock, a University of Pennsylvania professor and author of the book *Expert Political Judgment*. Your comments are welcome at eight four four Wharton eight four four nine four two seven eight six six, or if you'd like, send us a comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio one eleven, or you can use my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney twenty one. This is a book that uh, Professor Tetlock brought out originally in two thousand and five. He has updated it for two thousand and seventeen, and it's a great pleasure to have him. Uh, on the show with us right now. Uh, in the book, you actually, and I guess you quantify some of the people that are involved in this uh, using uh, animal terms, and you quantify some of them as hedgehogs. What What is a hedgehog in this process? <laughs> well, yeah, the, the animal terms are the foxes versus the hedgehogs, and it, it dates back 2,500 years to a as an ancient Greek epigram from the warrior poet Archilochus, and he said he apparently wrote that uh, the fox knows many things, but the hedgehog knows one big thing. So the foxes are these more eclectic, nimble, wary of big big idea people, and the hedgehogs embrace big ideas. Uh, now there are many different ideological types of hedgehogs. You could be a libertarian hedgehog, believer in, in, in pure free markets. You could be a socialist hedgehog. You could be an environmental doomster hedgehog who believes that we're on the edge of apocalypse, or you could be a boomster hedgehog. Uh, there, so there are many types of hedgehogs, but there's this one big similarity they have, and that is they, 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 they're animated by one big idea. They have an infectious confidence for that, uh, enthusiasm for that big idea, and that enthusiasm gets communicated uh, in, 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 their, in their speeches and in their writings, and that makes them very mediagenic. Are we, do we have more hedgehogs today or, or foxes today? Well, we don't have, I don't have the data that yeah. would allow us to, to say that. I, 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 but I, I, I do have a sense that the world has been, this is my impression, that the world has been tipping somewhat in a hedgehoggish direction, um, that uh, the, the rapidity of communication and the, 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 we're, we're uh, attention spans seem to be narrowing. Information load seems to be increasing. Tolerance for complexity seems to be decreasing. All that works to the advantage of hedgehog pundits. 
And that's an interesting component that you bring up, which I think uh, is, I mean, it's certainly what we see right now, is that in this digital society that we're in right now, uh, and, and content being king, the attention span of people is not what it was probably, you know, uh, several years ago on a variety of topics, yet the want, the 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 need to have data on a variety of different touch points seemingly is i mean that people want to know more about more things it feels like than ever before that's right and 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 you do pay a price for having a short attention span you're going to be a less discriminating consumer in the marketplace of ideas you're going to buy more uh shoddy products and you're going to get worse forecasts what do you think that means though then then for our, our our culture, when you think about it moving forward, and not necessarily the global, but I'll just you know focus on on the United States because seemingly the back and forth and the discourse we have seen in the in the last twelve months, I, I, we haven't seen that in many cases since the nineteen sixties. Um, <laughs> right, right. Well, um, I, I I I was still a teenager in the nineteen sixties, so I'm not going <laughs> to right. But, but yes, I, I I do I do remember the nineteen sixties and. And it, well, the things were very shrill, and and that's it's quite similar to how it is now. It's, it's, a, it's a good analogy. Philip Tetlock is uh, the author of the book Expert Political Judgment. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Or again, if you can't get your phone, you're more than welcome to send us a comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio111, or you can use my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. I, I found it interesting that in, in looking back at the, the when you published this book the first time, uh, as I mentioned before, it, it drew a lot of attention. Uh, but you uh, seemingly have had uh, a variety of people quoting this book uh, over the course of the years. I've seen a couple articles that, that mention that it's even being referenced again w- with the Brexit that's going on right now. Yeah, well, it was interesting. The, um, the, 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 the British politicians who favored British withdrawal from the EU, uh, politicians like Michael Gove, uh, were very frustrated that so many experts were in the other camp. So he famously said that Britain has had enough of experts. Uh, and he, he, he did bring up the findings and expert political judgment as the basis for doubting whether or not the experts knew what they were talking about. So uh, is is the expectation uh, that, that you have with this data and with this book, uh, it, the hope is seemingly to be able to, to bring forth uh, a lot of the ideas that you did 15 years ago, 12 years ago, actually, and, and have a conversation about where we are headed, correct? Uh, that, that's exactly the point. Yep. We're talking with Philip Tetlock of the University of Pennsylvania. His book, Expert Political Judgment, 844-WHARTON is the number if you'd like to join in, 844-942-7866. Or if you can't get your phone, you can send us a comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio111 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. When you think about what what you did uh, several years ago and and what we see now, how much updating is there truly in doing a book like this? Well, quite a bit, because so many things happened over the last 12 years. The really big thing that happened was the U.S. intelligence community paid attention, uh, and and they they, they got the religion of us keeping score. Uh, they, 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 They suffered some major setbacks, of course, analytic setbacks. And they were doing some serious organizational introspection. Uh, they wanted to figure out ways of doing things better. 
so an innovative research branch within the intelligence community, within the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, known as IARPA, uh, Intelligence Advanced Research Projects Activity, uh, decided to launch a series of f much larger forecasting tournaments than anything I'd ever done in 2011. And um, my research group participated in those forecasting tournaments along with some others. And the impact of those tournaments was what? Um, well, that's to be determined. Uh, it's evolving. I mean, the, the intelligence community is continually evolving. Uh, but I, I, I think there is growing interest in um, in keeping score. You mentioned, and correct me if I'm wrong, I, I, as you were saying it a second ago, you were talking about analytics and, and how they play into uh, national security these days. Uh, is it a negative in terms of national security? What, I'm not sure what, what, would the, what would the negative be. Well, the, the negative be, I mean, relying on the data more so than relying on the physical uh, touch with agent to uh, other person in uh, in the process of investigation. Um, well, I'm a big believer in data driven uh, analytics. Okay, uh, and so I'm 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 very supportive of that, and the, the very best forecasters are also very much on board with that. Okay. Uh, one of the things that you find, one of the more common errors in analysis is that people are too slow to change their minds. They stick too long with their preconceptions. They don't, they don't change their minds in a timely way. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very supportive of uh, that. Well, seemingly, that's what we have. Uh, unfortunately, what we have right now is that people are too kind of set in stone in their in their beliefs and are not willing to adjust to uh, to other lines of thinking. Very much. I've, I've never seen things quite as rigidly polarized as they are today. Philip Tetlock, his book is Expert Political Judgment. You're more than welcome to join us with your questions at 844-WHARTON. 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. I would guess, with, as you said, with the, the import that uh, the intelligence community has taken with these types of, uh, of entities uh, and where we are in, in society right now, the importance of that is going to continue to grow because of, you know, of various elements that we see uh, playing out in our in our world uh, these days. It it is growing, and then the, there is a new wave of forecasting tournaments coming up. There's a new generation of forecasting tournaments, and they're focusing uh, very much on uh, the combination of human judgment and artificial intelligence. Because um, artificial, it's increasingly possible to use artificial intelligence. Uh, to augment political forecasting, um, and some very simple machine models can often outperform humans. How is that? How is that occurring? I mean, take me, take us into that for a second, is for people that that don't follow that. Well, it's it, it really elementary. At a really elementary level, people overpredict change. Uh, people uh, people expect more change than there is in the short term, and they don't expect as much change as there will be in the long term. So you can design algorithms that correct for that. The the impact of that though on 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 what our society could be going forward and the decision process is going forward. I mean that that could potentially have a, a a very important outcome on where we go in the next decade or two. It 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 could. I mean there, there's a big debate now about uh, how far these artificial intelligence approaches can be taken. Uh, there's a scenario that people talk about called the fourth industrial revolution that will be driven by strong forms of artificial intelligence that 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 displace jobs that, that human being that we previously thought only human beings could do 
uh, and intelligence analysis was one of those jobs. Um, but there are lots of other jobs as well, but the in- including professors. The, in- the investigation, though, uh, into that has to go forward because, as we're seeing, uh, it feels like on a daily basis, artificial intelligence is becoming more and more a part of our society. Indeed, Vladimir Putin, uh, recent in a recent speech, said, "Whoever, whoever, whoever dominates artificial intelligence, this century will dominate the world." So you have you have a, you have a prediction from Vladimir Putin there that we, we can we can monitor. <laughs> oh, that'll make news right right off the top in, in this day and age. Eight eight four four nine four two seven eight six six is the number to join us if you have a comment or a question. Orange County, uh, Orange County, California. Lisa joins us on the line. Lisa, go ahead. Hi. Yes. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, go ahead. I guess what I think about is out here in California, we have such a uh, an emotional uh, roller coaster as the rest of the country because we were polarized even in our backyard. And it felt as if the campaign and the way that it was run on some uh, sides of the campaign, not literally pinpointing one, was so emotionally driven that, in fact, it felt as it was keeping us away from the ability to slow down and think thoughtfully about the data. And so I just wanted your thoughts on that. I've read some about, you know, Danny Kahneman and kind of this thinking fast and slow strategy. And I really feel that there was a strategy to throw so much emotional content at us that we were exhausted. And it's like you turned it off and you made your decision. So just your thoughts on that when you think about getting to the actual data and being able to think and reflect slowly on what was going on. Phil? Yeah. Well, um, what works in political persuasion doesn't work very well in political forecasting. And emotion-laden appeals work well in political persuasion. Um, And I think we've seen that over and over again. Uh, Political forecasting is just um, about thinking slower, not faster. Lisa, thank you very much for the call. Greatly appreciate it. 844-942-7866 is the number to join in. Professor Philip Tetlock from the University of Pennsylvania uh, is joining us. And I guess that may be one of the traps, uh, Philip, is the fact that that when emotion comes into play, uh, it does, I think, at times taint what could be the the, the truer outcome of, of a variety of different processes, correct? Well, emotions tell us a lot about what people want to be true. Uh, Whether they tell us what's going to be true or not is another matter. Great to have you on the show with us today. Thank you, Philip. All the best. Okay, my pleasure. Thank you. The book, by the way, Expert Political Judgment. Uh, The new version is coming out uh, very soon. You'll be able to pick it up in bookstores, and it will be available online. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. 